you were taking part in an historic day. No, not because Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos or because Stone Cold Steve Austin announced he'll be turning to the ring at WrestleMania, but because we are actually live for the inaugural Betsports Golf DFS show. I am your host, John Daigle, joined first every week by the same two individuals. But let's start with the sports betting manager here at Betsports and 4 Football, the host of the Move the Line NFL betting podcast as well, which I believe will be returning to your feeds very soon each and every week with myself, Connor Allen, and this particular individual leading the way. It's none other than friend in life, Ryan Noonan, who has been very busy, by the way, behind the scenes, getting everything ready for launch here at Betsports Golf. Yeah, buddy, I am so excited to not only uh, unpack this with you here weekly on uh, the Betsburts Golf team uh, to get you just in the fold here at 4 for 4 and Betsburts Golf in general. I am super stoked about, and yeah, to have you uh, a part of Move the Line moving forward is going to be great as well. So uh, hopefully you and I can just by, uh, just by being close to Ron here, we can just glean as much uh, by osmosis as possible here in the PGA side, but I am uh, super stoked to unpack this with you guys here through the rest of the season. You already hinted at it. We obviously can't be a trio without a third individual. And although this next person doesn't need an introduction, I will be the one to embarrassingly admit that I have interviewed Emmett Smith, uh, Tim Brown, other NFL hall of famers. I have Troy Aikman, Chris Sims contacts, their phone numbers in my phone, but never have I fanboyed or freaked out when talking to them. But Ron himself, Ron Kloss, PGA Splits 101, as everyone knows him on Twitter, I believe just some of the absolute best work in the golf industry and someone I fanboyed when I realized we were slapped on a DFS show together each and every week. Ron, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Daigle, it's an honor. Um, obviously, your work is excellent, everything you do. So we are thrilled to have you here. And uh, hey, this, this is the meat of the golf season we're getting into here. So this is going to be great starting it here. Players' Championship. Headed towards the Masters. Uh, can't wait. And we will discuss everything you need to know about building DFS lineups each week. But I actually want to begin with an overarching idea of what we as DFS players are looking for this week. Because as beautiful as that 415 acres at Ponte Vedra Beach is, nearly 23 miles east of Jacksonville, Florida, it's actually villainous. Since there are Wazer Hatters awaiting us on 17 of 18 holes, including that infamous par 3 17th Island Green. And not only that, Ron, but I know you are very wary of the weather conditions we might have in Florida as well. Yeah, the forecast uh, is pretty unique. Um, we've got rain coming. Um, looks like Thursday's a little better, actually. I just checked. Uh, but Friday looks like rain all day. Saturday looks like it's going to be the wind day, gusts up to 50 miles an hour. Sunday is like 40 degrees when they're teeing off. So it looks like a mess. And uh, that's definitely going to have a lot of impact on uh, player selection. And I'm sure we'll get into tee time splits. And, you know, it's it's just need to check the weather almost up until tee off just to see uh, any advantages that may show up. What do you think that tells us, Noonan, in building our lineups? Because I know there are some certain categories, metrics that everyone will gravitate towards, but with the weather screaming at us to be aware of volatility, does that mean we should actually be looking to fade a certain category, uh, perhaps even certain golfers, as we'll get into here in the meat of the show in a bit? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in this week, more so than any, and we touched base on this a little bit in our betting show earlier today, was that uh, the weather elements adds this extra level, right? So we have probably the most highly variant sports to essentially handicap. 
uh, you know, we're dealing with 140 golfers. Now we add uh, the course that has probably the least sticky year over year predictability from, you know, who wins, who contends, who finishes highly. And now we add these massive four days of weather questions that we really don't know what to do with as far as how we stand here on a Tuesday afternoon. So, um, yeah, I think there is some things to be said and Ron's touched on around, you know, the Europeans typically are used to playing link style golf, lower ball flights, you know, less, uh, impacted by high ball flights and winds, you know, the ability to maybe get it on the ground and stay out of trouble faster. There'll be some guys that we definitely want to target uh, in that and kind of looking at building and stacking skill sets to make sure we have guys that are aligned before correct that we're going to really be able to capitalize on those skill sets. So, yeah, I mean, as we stand now, it's really hard to get too far ahead of it. We want to make sure we kind of, I, you know, highlight the best plays, know where to pivot off of them, but uh, we can only deal with what we know of now. And that's really, uh, it's going to be dicey. Before we dive into it, I would be remiss to say that this show at betsbrusgolf.com, which is completely free for the next few weeks, go dive in right now, is brought to you by Betsperts 4 for 4 Football. Yes, we're bringing it to you from us because right now there's an incredible deal that I'm going to get removed as soon as possible because it's actually too good of a deal. And that is you can actually just go to 44.com to Betsperts right now, buy the betting sub, and you will be getting and buying that betting sub a free bets for golf sub whenever we take it behind the paywall. So literally you're essentially getting the golf sub free. Again, I'm going to go into the HTML with Sam Hoppin and remove that code as soon as possible. <laughs> but until then I hear the rumor through master's league. So at least a month you can get in right now. Either way, the tools are free right now, Ron, you actually naturally started the conversation. You mentioned the weather and tea time splits. So let's go ahead and start there. What edges do we need to know and what times are golfer tees off on Thursday? Yeah, so um, being Florida East Coast, uh, we're looking at pretty early in the morning, um, right around seven o'clock. Um, so um, it's going to be real interesting to see as we go here. Um, if looks like right now, um, scattered showers throughout the day on on uh, Thursday. Uh, wind doesn't look too bad yet. Uh, so right now, my opinion is it's and again it's early, but uh, looks pretty even throughout. So I'm not seeing much there yet with early morning advantage or anything like that typically i have seen first round um just in general in florida on florida courses uh am usually has an advantage anyways um there's a lot of talk about that uh so i, I always would lean towards the am but as far as the weather goes um I, I can't make a call on that just yet from what i see fair enough we are recording this on a tuesday afternoon so it is is early that's why we're going to continue hitting on overarching themes and for me, Noonan, that theme when building lineups, it starts with John Rahm. Uh, I do still wonder how low-owned is good low-owned for Rahm, but everyone is aware of his putting splits. Just recently, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, 119 out of 120 in raw strokes gained on the putting surface. Yeah. Getting there was no issue at all. It was literally just with that freaking putter. Uh, and in you clicking on DraftKings lineups, when you go to the very top, his salary's right there above everyone else, which I think game theory-wise makes him very interesting, especially if the field is down on him. So that's where it starts for me among the group of four or five expensive golfers we'll talk about here. So I'm curious if you want to sell me, if you want to sell Rom, or what are your overall thoughts at the top here? I think because it's such a deep tournament, when you look down in, in the um, low sevens or even you know upper mid sixes, there are a number of guys that were very confident in rostering. So uh, this would be a week to um, 
you know, depending on if it was a different week, we didn't have, you know, 47 of the top 50 guys and it was a very different layout. Um, it'd be a week that I'd want to go heavy on ROM. Um, I'm still very interested. I think in higher stakes, low field, higher stakes stuff, I think you'll see fairly normal ownership from ROM because I think they understand the, you know, the variables around putting in general. And, you know, Ron's not typically a team, no putt guy. He just happens to have been profiling that way over the last 30 days or so. But again, as you even mentioned too, the ball striking numbers are in line with where he's always been. He's been the best in the world over the last 30 days. So uh, we know that putting is always the most highly variant skill anyway, not very sticky. Uh, give me a lower owned John Rom. So, you know, we start to look at some projections here as we get, you know, early stuff. We'll start to get again, more, um, you know, hardcore. We start to hear a little bit more stuff today into tomorrow, but like if we're going to have Rom around, 17%. Like, I think he's probably still a, probably a pretty good play. Again, it really just matters. If, give me that top five. Who's going to be the lower owned guy, that top five group, as you mentioned, guys above 10 K on DraftKings. Uh, that's the guy. But if we're going to start to get, you know, whispers that Morikawa, Hovland, JT are going to be significantly higher owned. We know Rory will be than Rom. And I'm going to be very, very interested in Rom because I think that there's really nothing here to be concerned about. And for those that are joining us from the football side, because there's nothing to play DFS on in that world just yet, Team No Put, as Noonan explained, of course, is throw those splits out the window because anyone can get hot with a putter. Even bad golfers can putt well at least one tournament, which is what we need them to do. Uh, there are arguments to be had on that topic for sure. But Ron, I want to actually get with you and ask, where do you think it starts with Rom or perhaps someone lower like Rory, if we're talking about distance, uh, JT, Justin Thomas, of course, who went 12 under in this event over his last two days, the last time we saw him play this round, or uh, Colin Morkawa, who's picking up steam for his ball striking prowess. Yeah, with Rom, um, you know, he's gained 32.7 strokes ball striking the past three events. So, <laughs> like, he's just blown everybody else away. Mm -hmm. Zalatoris is, like, second. He's, like, a full 10 shots behind him. So... I mean, even if you look at Rom last year, he gained 2.8 strokes with his short game here at Sawgrass. So his problems, like you guys said, they're fixable. Um, his ownership is not too high right now. Like I have it around 17%. So, you know, I'm I'm playing Rom. I don't think you can leave him out. Um, another thing about him is, is he cares. Like it is bothering him with how he's playing. And, you know, it's just kind of that internal motivation that he has that, also attracts me, you know, like I can see him going out there and, and winning very easily this week. So he's, he's definitely someone I'm playing for sure. Among the people below Rom though, the three or four big ones we discussed all hide salaried Noonan. Do you think there's one that everyone gravitates to, especially in the, you know, 15, $20 big prize pool GPP that are playing and leaning into recency bias and don't want to play ROM? Do they immediately fall on JT for historical accuracy? Do they want to play Morikawa for a high floor? Or do you think it'll be spread out for the most part? I think it's probably a little flat. Um, I think you probably see Morikawa and Rory are the, the highest owned of this top tier. Uh, obviously, the ball striking, as you said, that plays anywhere. Um, you know, Morikawa is a guy that when he is basically even field average, from a putting standpoint, he basically just wins um, strong fields, weak field events. You know, if he is anywhere flat to field average putting wise, he he is out there absolutely um, winning. I think it's a discussion that really here is like, do you and can you get away with two guys in this top tier um, or 
it doesn't make any sense to skip this entire tier and start down in the nines where you're not necessarily missing a ton. So we just get from a straight ownership percentage. I would say it's probably Morikawa Rory again, Rory fairly solid course history here, obviously won this event a couple of years ago when it first made the move from May to March um, solid form. We obviously saw him kind of fold at API on Sunday, but entered in nice form, played really nice, obviously, in the opening round on Thursday. Uh, wasn't able to close the deal, but he's in fairly good form as well. And we know when uh, he gets rolling here in Florida, especially with that putter, he can be uh, really hard to stop. So I think those two probably pop. I think there is something just cognitive around going back to JT when he won this event last year, even though I think there is nothing really there from like an actionable standpoint. Like it doesn't really matter that he won this event last year. Again, he made the cut on the number. And as you mentioned, just kind of went scorched earth uh, on the weekends. And I think there's something to be said for if you are stacking a couple in this range. We talked about this briefly as far as betting, uh, kind of stacking skill sets. Morikawa and JT are guys that I kind of clump together, right? They are below average typically putting, but they are the two best ball strikers in the world over the last two years. Fairly large sample of these guys just being absolute stones. Uh, ball striking wise. So does it make sense that if that skill set does play and these guys get hot putting that you'd want to have those guys kind of clump together? I think that's an interesting discussion. So they go, they go really quick. Are you ready for the returning champion trend? Oh, let's so, hear it. So no, no winner has ever come back the next year and finished inside the top 10 since 2005 with Adam Scott. Wow. So it's been a long time since somebody's actually come back and played well. Um, obviously trends are meant to be broken, but I just find that very interesting. So, um, honestly, I'm not playing much JT, um, kind of like Ryan said, uh, Rom and Morikawa are my two guys up top here. I think there is a little bit of, uh, when you get towards the low seven K, even the upper six K range, I think there's a, there's enough quality guys there that you could get away with perhaps a Rom Morikawa kind of stack up top. Um, so I might have a few lineups with both of those guys, but, uh, that's kind of what I see from that, uh, 10 K range. So I don't think it's going to be a popular strategy, which perhaps does make it good, but I don't think it's popular because I think everyone's going to, and this is where I want to start the conversation, Ron, on Scotty Scheffler, because the pricing algorithm on DK came out early where he's 9,200 compared to 10.7 on FanDuel and due to recency bias and surging from behind to the top of the leaderboard for a second win already this year on Sunday, I believe he's going to be chalk. And so to me, that tells me everyone will naturally gravitate to one golfer above 10K and 9,200 Scotty Scheffler viewed as a value. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying perhaps that's not the way we should play it. So I'm curious to get your opinion on it, given the wind and weather, knowing it's going to create extreme volatility to avoid chalk for us. Yeah, um, what I'm looking at now, he's right around that 13, 14% ownership range. Um, look, when you when you put him in models, of course, coming off the win, he's going to look real good. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's top 10 in everything you look at almost. Um, personally, I'm not playing much of him this week. Uh, you know, kind of coming off a victory like that and just kind of jumping into these tough conditions. Um you know, but like you said, on the other hand, you know, maybe everyone's thinking like that and maybe he doesn't win this week, obviously. Well, probably not, but maybe he finishes top 10 still and he pays that seller off. So um, all good things uh, we need to consider. Where do you fall in that mid nines range, Noonan? Or is that a tier you're skipping because right now you are trying to jam in two players above 10K? You know, I uh, initially this 
to me, Hideki jumps off the page. The problem is, is I think Hideki's probably the highest owned in that range. I think Cantley probably uh, it gets pretty close. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong there. I just I think that Cantley at that number, uh, Cantley should probably be in the tens. But again, uh, when you look at just win equity, birdies, um, who's played well historically as well. Hideki is just profiles as a, you know, an elite ball striker uh, puts a little bit better here on these Bermuda greens. Uh, you know, again, wins, He's got a couple wins under his belt already this season. So nine, six for Hideki makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, no problem with that at all. Scotty. So I'm with you. Like I bet Scotty on Sunday morning for this event before the fourth round. Um, so I don't like that bet now necessarily for the same reason we're talking about. Cause you know, going back to back doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, I wonder how that just messes with people's minds uh, as far as where his ownership. So I don't think he's someone that I would worry about. I think in that range, you're going to see Cantley and Decky above him. And then a couple guys just below him, uh, Daniel Berger in particular is going to be carrying a lot of ownership. So I think those are very easy second clicks in for, for folks if they start out with uh, a top tier guy. But uh, I don't know that Scotty's going to get away from us. What about in that 8K range, Ron? Is there a pivot you're seeing? Because right now I would think, and this is just me guessing building my own lineups, but I would think Adam Scott, for what you mentioned and being a backdrop winner, I think he'll get somewhat popular. Uh, I think Will Zalatoris may go overlooked, but also a strong play at the top. And then I do wonder what Shane Lowry is going to bring in and being rostered. Since remember top 10 here last year in the Honda Classic, which won't draw attention, but recall he actually led that event through 70 holes until rain dumped on the entire field for 17 and 18. And so that's kind of where I'm at if I'm dropping down below Hideki and Scheffler and perhaps DJ at 98, which we didn't talk about, but pretty much a numbers play at 35 to one. If he's still out there at your book as a good outright shot. Yeah. Um, just touching on Cantley real quick. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know this, but he's only played four times in Florida since 2017. I mean, he does not like the Florida swing. Um, so, and just in general, um, just playing on those types of courses, he just hasn't been there much. And so he's kind of a full fate for me almost this week. Um, yeah, that 8K range is stacked. Um, you could you could theoretically just start your lineups there. Like two guys that jumped off the page at me right away, uh, Berger at 8.8 and Usti at 8.7. Um, I could start lineups with those two guys and just kind of pack that 8K range. Uh, you said Shane Lowry. Um, he's going to play really well in these conditions. Um, Irishman um, used to playing in these uh, European tour. Um, I even think Sung JM, 8.3. Um, he is the highest ranked player on Florida courses over the last four years. So we haven't even talked about Brooks yet. I mean, eight, six, I think he might be the most underpriced guy on here. So you could, and I probably will start many lineups just right here with this AK range. You can Irish- build, you can not leave the eights and just build, yep. you know, eight, eight to top to bottom. Irishman good in, watery conditions until a couple weeks ago when he hit the 18th and swung that driver left a little was, too hard was, of a draw. Yes. People are making a big deal of that. That was only one hole. I mean, he, Oh yeah. I think anybody would have been thrown off with that, but he's yeah. I see what you're saying. It hurts worse when you have an outright ticket. That's the only reason I'm yelling. Whenever you see that go left into the rough, uh, he, Ron already mentioned 8,600 for Brooks though. Ryan, what do you think about that or perhaps a pivot in that range? Yeah, I have no problem with Brooks. We we talked about him on our betting show. I know Ron has an outright ticket on Brooks. 
um, you know, likes these greens, likes his style. I think there's um, some narrative around his current form, which doesn't typically doesn't really align with actually when you look at the numbers. So if you go further back, as Ron pointed out, you know, some form entering uh, the start of the year wasn't great, but it's played fairly decent. You know, cashed the top five ticket for us uh, at the waste management. No problem with with him. And we know the, the big game hunting mentality that, that Brooks has, and there really isn't a bigger game on the card. I know it's not necessarily a, a major per se, but this is a major field. This has some of the, you know, gravitas historically when you're looking you know, back at your career, you know, having a player's championship on your card, these guys all want that trophy. So I think this is one of those spots where even if you buy into that, uh, the casual events don't matter, Brooks, this is one of those that kind of checks the box. Another guy that I think is very interesting in this spot, again, solid form, I didn't play well, particularly last time out, but we know obviously what he did at the Genesis is Joaquin Neiman. Neiman, uh, again, another low ball flight guy. Uh, when you look at just apex to distance, he you know typically doesn't get it up in the wind very much. So if we are going to have you know wins that are an issue, uh, that ball flight is is something that is something we want to take a look at this week. And again, form is terrific. Ball striking is great. Putter sometimes can run hot and cold, but we like how he's been uh, striking it quite a bit. And I don't know that he's going to carry a ton of ownership since this 8K is so packed. So we talked about it a little bit already, our three favorite strategies in either paying up for two expensive golfers or going 10 and then dropping down to someone we like in the lower nines. Uh, but if we pay up, of course, we can need to get to the nitty gritty and find some cheap guys. And Ron, I know you've been doing extensive work on that. Uh, I will actually have a piece as well on betsbirdsgolf.com by Wednesday morning with my favorite golfers below 8K, 7,500 range. But where does that start for you? I know our outright models, which are completely free for the next two weeks on betsbirdsgolf.com, uh, are favoring, leaning towards Sam Burns as a high finisher right now, who's 7,900 on DraftKings. I believe a lot of people may pivot to Paul Casey at 7,400 rather than settling on a Max Homa, for instance. So I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that range. Yeah, um, looking below eight, um, I'm probably, you know, a guy like Abraham Answer, seven six, mm-hmm. uh, just a guy who's going to find fairways. Uh, you know, just with the with the weather, with the rain coming, uh, lift clean in place is probably going to be in effect for at least a couple rounds here. And any of these guys who are finding the fairway, you know, whether it's Answer, Berger, Russell Knox, uh, probably a little added advantage the ability to kind of place their ball where they want it. Um, so answer is definitely a guy I'm looking at. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, seven seven. I just think that's another player with some unbelievable value there, just for mm-hmm. his current form. A um, couple of really high finishes, uh, even last week uh, at the API. So, I may, I may wager. Sorry to cut you off. That I think it's Patrick. I should have mentioned this. Maybe the highest roster golfer between eight and seven K. What do you think mm-hmm. about that, Noonan? Yeah, we don't have him there currently. Well, I guess he's pretty, probably pretty close. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely should be higher. Um, you know, he, I think Fitzpatrick, Berger, Casey, or a couple guys that just jump off the screen as far as where they're at and the tiers mm-hmm. that they're at. So, um, you know, and just in general, Fitz is a guy that's tough for me because of the way that he profiles. And it's very similar to, like, I kind of clump uh, Spieth, uh, Cam Smith, Fitzpatrick together in a lot of ways because uh, – Typically, the way they get it done at times is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Very, very highly skilled around the green. Uh, putters run very hot. I know Spieth has been dialed in of late with the irons. And that's actually something that Fitzpatrick has been doing 
significantly better so far this year. And that played out last week at API. Um, those guys are just typically guys that don't find their way into my player pool because I think those their skill sets are less sticky. Uh, but again, if, if there's there's something to be said for again stacking that skill set. Uh, if it does get dicey and we are going to have to scramble our balls off and then make a bunch of putts, you know, I want Fitz, I want Cam Smith, I want Jordan Spieth in my lineups this week. So I, I get it. So the, Here, the let, me, scr- let me let me let me tell you this real quick. Here's so going back to what you said. So Garcia, I, I just saw this this morning. Sergio Garcia, he's at seven four. He has been strokes game positive in 13 of his last 14 events okay and he has also made 12 cuts in a row here which is kind of unbelievable considering the volatility so uh going back to ownership he is around seven percent right now so that might jump as we we get closer but he's just another guy i wanted to throw out there seven percent i'm i'm very interested uh also you know, with Fitzpatrick in that range where we're talking about 15 to 20% for anyone under 8K, it's just my DFS brain that goes off and tells me, uh, I wonder how much we sh- should wait. We should even put into, let's say, like driving accuracy or where they can place the ball when we're expecting it to be very windy. Like, is that a stat we should be ignoring then, Ron? And just saying like, yeah, they could still probably place the ball better than normal, but they're also facing worse conditions than they have, you know, in the next last three months or whatever. Yeah, good point. Um, winds look to be really bad for one round right now. Um, one round, okay. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I know Fitzpatrick has a lower ball flight as well. So, you know, mm. like Ryan said, guys like Neiman, Berger, um, you know, those – I think that's another thing that's, you know, even another edge to look at is, you know, those ball flights off the tee especially um, kind of related to just finding fairways and how, how, how will wind affect those things. So just great things to look at. I should also stress that I play more mid and high stakes single entries. Uh, I always prefer to force humans to make decisions because just ask your husband or wife what you want for dinner tonight. Uh, they won't have a clue. It'll take 15 minutes to get to that answer because humans are terrible with decisions. So now imagine taking this pool and getting it down to six. It's the best. And so I love those those brain theory mind games going on. But there's no better way to do that either, Daigle. And I know you're terrific at it. Like I said uh, off air before we get started, you and I have made – those high stakes lineups together. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically am because I'm often, you know, betting a little bit more. I'm, I am in the mindset of like, I don't play cash games for, for golf, but I am in the mindset of the best plays because that's typically what I'm trying to make on a betting card standpoint from a DFS standpoint is obviously a very different game. And there is no better week this week. We literally just take the top eight, 10 guys and just cross them off. Especially if you're playing single entry, especially if you're playing three max, uh, we talk about it a lot in um, NFL DFS, but at times when you're looking at ownership and playing in ownership, it's like, okay, I'm going to lean into the chalk here because I know I can differentiate elsewhere. And you can do that here. But I think the differentiator here is that what differs from NFL DFS is you're not leaving a lot in projections on the cutting room floor here because the projections are really, they're kind of stacked closely. So I don't know that you're leaving a ton of projection. You're just leaving a lot of buzz and a lot of recency bias or, form or course history on the cutting room floor. And you're not necessarily leaving projections like you are on the floor mm-hmm. in the NFL. So I think this of all places, this course at Sawgrass, just chop off the guys, especially in single entry in three max and don't really play in ownership at all. Like, I don't think you have to make any stands on chalk here. Um, I think you can very easily, again, there's such a low six of six here, such a low five of six here. Um, I think you can just have massive leverage just by not having uh, the guys that are 15 and above owned. And six of six, getting to the cut line, 
that's pretty much honestly all I look for when I pl- pay below 7k for a golfer. Uh, you get me through two days and then let's get crazy. Cut the brakes and let's see what happens in, on Saturday and Sunday. And so, Ron, that's where I'm curious about diving into the cheaper golfers. Just in case people don't want to start in that 8k range, as you suggested, just in case they do want to pay up for two expensive golfers. Where does the conversation start with you for these really cheap players? Yeah, so kind of right on that borderline. Uh, it's right at 7K, Tom Hoagie, um, one of the best iron players in the world. Uh, Who, been... by the way, we have good authority, is nicknamed on the tour Tommy Tables because he's a degenerate craps player. So just so you know, I'm a big fan of Tommy Tables. Now you can continue with details about my favorite player. <laughs> yeah, so he, yeah, he um, coming in with great form. You know, he just won Pebble Beach a few weeks ago. Um, kind of a similar course, a little shorter, less than driver course. Um, so he's definitely someone that sticks out to me. Alex Noren, same price, uh, 7K, uh, another European, uh, very well versed in playing in uh, the kind of weather we're going to see here. Um, he's had a couple of good finishes here over the years. Uh, Brian Harmon, now he may be a little more chalky just because he's finished in the top. Uh, I think he's finished in the top 10 here the past two years. Uh, he's at six nine, uh, but he's kind of tee to green. He's been rounding back into form as well. Um, Brandon Grace is a name I'll throw out there. He's six five. Um, he is kind of again another plotter who's known kind of on these shorter, less than driver courses. You know, weather. You know, he's played in it all. So uh, last one I'll mention is Denny McCarthy, uh, six four. He's been real consistent lately. Uh, and if you're just looking for, you know, that last guy to sneak through, you know, I know there's some risk there in a field this strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, obviously he relies on his putter a lot. But if, if he can just ball strike even a little bit, um, he's another guy that uh, kind of as low as I'll go would be him at 6-4. So, Diddy McCarthy, uh, Bo Hostler, some other players you name, Brian Harmon, for instance, how many of those would you actually look to roster? I know I understand that depends on your build anyhow, but really, are you only looking to max yourself at two of these guys? Three, one, maybe? Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not looking at more than a couple. I would say never more than maybe five percent overall mm-hmm. in my lineups. Um, these are more like last guys in. Uh, like we talked about earlier, um, the more I think about that AK range, the more it just seems so much more appealing not to even have to take chances down here. Obviously, if you want more Kawa, you want Rom, you're, you're going to have to dip down here a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at just kind of last guy in and kind of spreading it out, playing very lightly. Noonan, you proposed the two 10K golfer theory, so let's hear it. How are you getting to JT and Rom? I proposed it, but I am with you. I'm with Ron. I think um, that I, I do think that they're when you think of like the delta between where those five k or five digit guys are, those five guys up top, and where maybe even when you get down to the upper sevens, I think it's significantly smaller than where the delta in skill sets from like the mid sixes to even the mid sevens. So like I feel much more comfortable with you know the Russell Knoxes and Tom Hoagies as my last guy in. Uh, some of the other guys in the upper sevens or low sevens that, that Ron had mentioned versus some of the 6K guys. But I do think there are some guys down here that are interesting. We have uh, TPC, KH Lee down at 6,300. Um, a guy basically, you know, top 40s every TPC named event. Um, 
he a nice first round leader a couple weeks ago for Ron uh, in a TBC event. So uh, no problem chasing the dragon on him. Um, some other guys that are pretty cheap. There's again, back to back events. We don't have massive history here, but uh, JT Poston at 6,100 has found his way into the top 25 here in consecutive years. Again, down there at 6,100. I think the skill sets and talent level of a Thomas Peters um, is much better than a $6,300 price. Again, has done most of his stuff on the Euro Tour, but again, we know Euro is going to be more, you know, lower ball flights, can deal with weather and some of those things. So Thomas Peters, again, uh, fairly nice swing season, obviously bringing home, you know, a trophy there, I think is uh, is an interesting play. Again, just looking at just overall raw talent because, again, form, I don't even know necessarily matters here. Quartz history, I don't even know matters here. So give me guys that I just think their skill sets are above. I'm going to do my best to not click Aaron Wise. That is a personal journey that I am on, and I appreciate anyone's uh, T's and P's while I process this uh, this very difficult time uh, to not put Aaron Wise in my DFS lineups or on my betting card. Uh, but he is down there at 6,600. He is very interesting to me as well. And I think uh, Mito Pereira is another guy that uh, I think his skill set fits nicely here. Uh, not a big bogey maker. And I think just bogey avoidance is massive here. You just have to stay away from the massively crooked numbers. Um, he's been playing some good golf too. And I think he is uh, worth a look at 6,700. Aaron Wise is very Cal Pitts over the last month of the season, which we only have X amount of weeks to lose money on him. Get it in while it's good. Just keep yeah. on churning through it. Uh, one final question before we get out of here, because we still have to answer all the hard hitting stuff. And Ron, that is just going to come straight to it. One golfer, you are not leaving out of your lineups this week. Wow. Or in your case, for a multi-lineup player, the highest roster golfer. I'm going to probably go Usti here. Mm -hmm. um, 8.7 is a very good price. Um, I just think overall, um, you know, his form, even though he's taking some time off, um, just the experience he's had over his career, um, being able to kind of weather all the circumstances that he's going to see this week. Um, he typically thrives in strong fields like this. You know, he's just always hanging around. Um, maybe this will be the week that he, you know, gets to the top. So um, he's kind of the one that would be my highest owned if I had to go right now. Same question for you, Noonan. Uh, because I want to, you know, back my own words, uh, I cannot go with Daniel Berger, who I think is probably the best points per dollar play, but will carry massive, massive ownership. Um, so if you're going to give me Shane Lowry in the 12 to 13% range of ownership, um, that is decent amount of chalk, but not too much. And I think he's just, he kind of checks all the boxes from uh, form, fits, uh, nice history here. And I think we're going to uh, deal with some weather at some point. And I think that he has a nice history of being able to kind of handle all that that can bring for us this week. So I'll eat a little bit of Shane Lowry at, you know, north of 10%. I like Shane Lowry a lot too. I will also start the conversation at the top with John Rom, even though that's nothing surprising. Uh, I think I'll be overweight as long as he stays under 20% right now. That's what we're guessing again, Tuesday afternoon. And then Denny McCarthy was also popping for me early. And I will do some more work for everyone before the article Wednesday morning goes up on the best value plays on Matthew Wolf because I'm <laughs> both trying to swallow that pill and wondering if it's only for game theory purposes, knowing no one's going to play them, but some things make sense. So I'm going to do some more work on Matthew Wolf. Until that though, Ron, tell the people what you have coming out of betsprisgolf.com because you have a lot coming up. 
Yeah, we got a betting article, um, most likely tomorrow morning, maybe tonight. Um, DFS article tomorrow morning. Um, we're starting to get into first round leader stuff more. Um, that will be tomorrow. Um, so a lot of research. I love doing it. Um, so those are kind of the biggest things we got going on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And Noonan, what about you? Because you're doing a lot behind the scenes still for launch this week. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited about all the things that we have. Like you said, you know, launching a site is not a small task. And I think launching tools to be competitive in the space, we know who those players are, is not a small task either. So in the meantime, like Daigle said at the top, we're going to keep the lights on for free. Uh, head over to 444.com slash plans. That is an insane deal mm-hmm. to be able to get uh, a year of betting sub stuff uh, at four for four, and then also get the BetSports golf package for free as well. Uh, basically alleviates any concerns that you have about what we have going because it's just encompassed and everything at four for four. That also gets early bird special too, because not only does that deal go away after the Masters, the price for the sub at four for four jumps significantly as well. Because we continue to add new sports, um, you know, we're getting in the weeds on the NCAA side, we have player prop tools, NFL player prop tools, the best projections in the business with Paulson. Uh, the NBA product is terrific as well. So really excited about that. We had the uh, betting show here earlier, Betsperts Golf uh, betting show. So don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Podcast feed should be coming shortly. And my betting preview should be out later this evening as well. So really excited about all that we have going on. Uh, yeah, just stoked to be doing this with YouTube every week. We are all wearing our sponsored laden t-shirts, but remember, this shit is free right now. Go to 44.com. I have a available targets tracker, I have available carries tracker, the free agent tracker with all player news spin for fantasy for best ball drafts is going up probably by Thursday. We're still working on that heavily behind the scenes right now, but it's all there right now. So just go visit. Uh, remember, this show, a working event. We need your interaction. We need your questions as well that we can jam in here as we continue to build what we believe is going to be a special thing throughout the PGA season. So every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern here at Betsford.golf.com and the Betsford's Media YouTube. So until then, thank you everyone for joining this week. We will see you next time. Good luck.